Hello, heathens, and welcome to Spinning the Wheel podcast with me, your somewhat psychologically weary host, Megan Angus. And this week, we are discussing Maybon season, waxing moon in Capricorn, lunar week 34 by some lunar calendars. Um, as I have just mentioned, I am, uh, you know, a little tired, a little, little strained this week. So we're going to try to keep it short. I'm going to go over the lunar, going to go over the astrology, and then we're just going to talk about one or two of our holy days that we have going on this week. We have a lot of cool stuff, but I just want to zero in on one thing. Um, hope that's okay. <laughs> if not, sorry, I'm a human. It's the way it is. Okay. First and foremost, get us styled into where we are on the wheel. We are still within Maybon season, although we are in the waning hours of Maybon season. We only have a few weeks to go before Samhain is here and uh, Maybon and the introduction to fall kind of wraps up and we get really into the heart of it. Um, but while we are in Maybon season, we are still working with um, ideas and archetypes and gods and goddesses dedicated to the harvest and harvesting and labor, um, health and healing, purification and transition as we change shapes from our summer form and our summer lifetime into our fall form and our fall life and ultimately into our winter form and our winter lifetime. And as we look around the planet and we check out the various themes in the global holidays and festivals past and present, we see a pretty big emphasis still on abundance festivals, healing and healers. Um, we are seeing even less uh festivals and deities dedicated to ocean, but more and more of them dedicated to weather. Um, this week in particular, we have um, some lightning gods and deities venerated. And then of course, ancestor worship. Um, ancestor worship is something that we see throughout Maybon season as the um, abundance of earth is celebrated. Um, there is this big thank you to the ancestors and um, the wisdom sources that have like brought us to this place of abundance. But then as the earth begins to die and begins to change form through the course of fall, um, once again, the ancestors are turned to through divinatory practices. And we see a lot of emphasis on divination and diviners and um, wizards and hermetic uh, characters that sort of are, are shamanic or wisdom keepers themselves um, in asking what do we need to know to get through winter? Did we pull in enough at the harvest? How many animals are we going to have to sacrifice this year um, to, you know, salt the meat and all of that good stuff, right? Like just the really practical stuff of how, how what's our hunker down supposed to look like? And, um, and so there's uh, a lot of offerings to the ancestors, um, a lot of propitiation being done with the ancestors, a lot of appeasing. We're seeing a lot of holidays where the dead get to come up and out of the ground and celebrate. And this is still Maybon season, right? We're not even in Samhain season yet. So there's already sort of those invitations um, to the ancestors and to the dead to come up and enjoy, enjoy the feast, enjoy the bounty, enjoy the harvest. Um, and also, could you 
just like really quick give us some information on how like we're gonna live through it and stuff cool thank you okay <laughs> just all of that stuff all right um there's our little cute introduction let's get into the lunar work and the astrology of october 12th Okay, our lunar week starts October 12th with a waxing half moon in Capricorn at 20 degrees at 8.25 p.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day and early the next day for everybody else around the planet. Um, TLDR, just get right into it. With this moon, we are considering the ways that we have interrupted and sabotaged our own success. Pretty apt, right? Here in the midst of Maybon season. Um how have we interrupted and sabotaged our own success, right? We want to consider that in and of itself, but also how we have interrupted and sabotaged to chase after quicker and perhaps less ethical success. Ugh, I know, right? We just had all that Scorpio stuff happen, right? So we should be in a place where in the last few weeks or so we've had some come to Diana conversations with ourselves is maybe a way to say that, right? <laughs> some opportunities to, to get real with ourselves on some ooky stuff, right? It's ooky. It doesn't change that fact, but the sooner we get real with ourselves about our ooky parts, we, I, we can make a decision about them on the conscious level. And so here we're getting asked to do some of that follow-up work with this moon in Capricorn. How are we interrupting our own success? And, uh, and specifically, how are we interrupting it with, you know, being satisfied by lesser than and being satisfied with things where we know that we're cutting corners or we know that we're cheating somebody that doesn't deserve to be cheated or whatever that ethical gray area is for us, right? That's different for all of us. So we want to, um, on this moon, consider all of the ways that we want respect from other people and the methods that we have used to achieve that success, good and bad, hard and, you know, flattering, right? And ultimately, changing the negative mental patterns of self-sabotage is the first step because all of this stuff is rooted in pessimism. Anytime that we are cutting corners, anytime that we are sort of shirking our own ethical architecture, right? Like, you know, we know what we feel is the right way to do something. And then sometimes we like, uh, don't do it that way, right? We fall short of that goal. Um, it's ultimately coming from pessimism. It's ultimately coming from a place of not having hope and really feeling like there's no other way I have to cheat. There's no other way I have to cut corners. There's no other way I have to screw this other person so that I can get what I ultimately want out of this. And, you know, I've done it. And I'm sure pretty much every single person listening to the sound of my voice has done it. None of us are perfect. None of us are above this kind of behavior, right? But the sooner that we can recognize that we've done it, then we get to have a conversation with ourselves about why we did it. What were we feeling? What were we thinking? And I know for myself, a lot of the time, here's me being vulnerable and raw about like, look, I'm not perfect. I do, in fact, do funky shit sometimes. Um it's often coming from a place of fear. It's often coming from a place of hopelessness and pessimism of thinking it's never going to work the right way. So I have to do it the wrong way. Um, and 
I only ever undermine myself, right? I only ever make it harder for me by doing that. Um, because now not only am I already like frustrated by the thing that isn't working, I now have a lesser opinion of myself. I now feel funky about this other thing. So allow this moon to give you that space to have that conversation with yourself so that you can kind of draw out that poison before we move into this big Aries full moon that we have next week and all of this other fun planetary stuff that's going on this week. Just give yourself that space to say, okay, sometimes I cheat. Sometimes I take the short road. I take the low road. Let me just get real with myself about why so that I, at least you know I can have a conscious decision and be able to look myself in the face when I do these things. Okay. <laughs> just that right <laughs> no big deal okay for our lunar body while we are working with this waxing half moon in capricorn we are awakening adorning activating nourishing or stimulating for action our skin our bones our hair and our nails and that could simply be a stay-at-home mani-pedi with a bestie that could be that you bust out that super luxurious ultra ultra expensive super fancy body lotion or body oil that you never ever use and save for special occasions this is the time this is a great time like all of the best benefits of it are enhanced and heightened by this moon i say so um as i say in every episode i am not a medical doctor please uh get with your trusted health advisor if you are wanting to integrate uh any of the information about the lunar body work into your own personal healthcare routine uh while we are working with this waxing half moon in capricorn for our plant body work we are building or fixing structures around our plants we are improving the pots that they're in we're giving them more stable plant stands perhaps our vining plants need a trellis and this is the day that we are going to install that trellis any of that kind of stuff structural stuff that's what we're focusing on okay um, I am going to now move on to the lunar and astro for the 13th and the rest of the week. And then, like I said, at the end, we're going to do uh, one holy day. Okay. I had to remind myself what I said. Sorry. <laughs> okay. October 13th, uh, our waxing moon enters Aquarius. And this is an incredible moon. We get this moon for a couple of days incredible moon for all forms of activism whatever method or methods of activism are safe and right for you to participate in these are the this particular phase of the aquarius moon is so 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 good so 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 good just get up in it um, take up an injustice or a cause that you would like to see cleared away um and really don't just put your words into it. Don't just put your money into it. Put your back into it. If it is at all possible, get physically involved in your activism. And I know that that's not possible for some people and it's not possible for all of us at all times. So I'm just saying, if that is possible for you, if it's healthy and safe for you, do it. Get your hands on it. The one thing I will say about this moon is watch your temper. We are all real like, woo, um with this particular moon in Aquarius, we're lit up um, and we're, we're ready to argue about it. Um, and so just, just watch that. 
Uh, for our lunar body work, we are activating, awakening, adorning, stimulating, and nourishing for action. Our legs and our knees in particular, that's the part of the body that is ruled by the sign of Aquarius. And for our plant body work, we are harvesting. We are doing pest control. We want to be looking for infestations. We want to be looking for things like mildew and mold and, and things like that as the weather is changing and um, it's getting cooler and more humid. Um, and we also want to be plowing and weeding if you have outdoor spaces or if that's appropriate maybe for your outdoor plants, that kind of thing. Okay, um, for our astrology on this day, all we've got going on is just a casual little sextile between Venus and Sagittarius and Saturn and Aquarius at six degrees. So if you have anything in an air sign at six degrees <laughs> or anything in a fire sign at six degrees, it's probably being trined by, the, by this. So maybe you're getting a little extra zhuzh from this. Um, but this is just a really cool transit that supports... Um, it supports us coming into a super healthy and realistic understanding of the responsibilities and the realities of our relationships. Um, and so we're able to just kind of like see the relationship, see the reality of it, but in a way that we really kind of lovingly accept it for what it is, for all of its flaws and all of its wonders and all of that stuff. We kind of have this very like practical, loving, lovingly practical sense about ourselves on this day. Um, this is also a really great day for most business affairs. In fact, with the bizarre astrology that we have this week, we have several days this week that are really good for business. Um, and it's because you are tied into such a practical version of reality um, this day and these other days. Um, in particular, business affairs around the arts and for artists. So, but of course that's arts of all types. Um, and, uh, you know, any kind of creativity is really enhanced on this day, especially anything that demands a lot of close attention to detail. Um, and the other thing I could say about this day is that this could be a really fantastic day to seek out counsel or mentorship from a person that is older than you. Um, that's another thing that this sextile really supports is um, having kind of a loving uh, friendship um, or a loving um, mentor moment with somebody rather than it being angry grandpa, it's friendly grandpa who wants to come and like bestow you with some advice. <laughs> All right, October 14th, the moon is still waxing in Aquarius. So we already know what's going on with that. And we have no astrology to discuss for October 15th. So we're just going to scooch right on to October 15th, which brings us to a waxing moon uh, entering the sign of Pisces. And I'm actually going to hold off for just a second on um, what we want to do with our moon in Pisces because um, we're going to talk about it on the next day when it's actually at the gibbous degree, but um, just to get you started, uh, for our lunar body, we are awakening, adorning, nourishing, activating, and stimulating for action, the legs, and in particular, the ankles and the feet, which are the part of the body that are ruled by Pisces. So yes, your pedicure is a holy act. Absolutely. Foot massage from the, the partner or the, the, 
SD with benefits. Absolutely a holy act, 100%. Uh, for our plant body work, we are planting, we are transplanting, and we are grafting, but in particular planting and transplanting, where we want to support above ground growth. So if you have a plant um, and you really want it to get bushier, uh, or you want it to start producing flowers or something like that, that above the soil growth, that above ground growth, this is a good time for planting or transplanting that. All right, let's move on to the astrology. So on October 15th, we have the sun in Libra, trine, Jupiter, retrograde in Aquarius at 22 degrees. So da, 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 da. this is one of the most positive transits of all time. Wherever you go, I will say that there is a lot of emphasis on this. Modern astrology, as well as ancient or traditional astrology, both are like, who damn, sun trine, Libra, trine sun, excuse me, sun trine Jupiter. It's the best ever. It really is the best ever. Okay, so <laughs> grounding that in reality of 2021. <laughs> um, you know, what are you going to say? Uh, let me let me read from the book, I guess, first, and then let's talk about it for a second. One of the most positive transits of all time, quote unquote, um, this is traditionally a day of good feelings, peace, harmony, all that stuff, right? Everybody gets an extra slice of cake. Um, there is a lot of encouragement from astrologers to try to use the energy of the day to accomplish something good and useful for yourself. And we're going to actually hear that message twice this week. So multiple times this week, we're going to hear that we're having a transit that is good for business or good for some kind of commercial activity, good for making money, that sort of thing. Um, and, and then twice this week, we are also hearing a, this is a good day to do something good for yourself. And then we are starting this week with the moon in Capricorn saying, hey, of course, we want to think about what we're doing for ourselves, but we also want to think about why and like where we're cutting corners and where we're cheating and where we're being weird in a way, like in, in our pursuit of respect and our pursuit of, you know, achieving our goals and things like that. So just consider all of that, that you're getting multiple opportunities this week to advance your goals, advance your aims and like work on yourself and work on your goals and the stuff you would like to achieve. But it's, it's all starting with a conversation with yourself around where do I do weird stuff when it comes to this subject matter? And what's the weird stuff that I do? And I think that's super important. <laughs> it's really, really, really important that we check our ethics anytime the universe is like, hey, door number three is open. There's like no reason why we want to besmirch our good fortune in these moments, right? <laughs> okay, so um, there's a lot of emphasis with this transit to try to use it in some way that is useful and not just let the day go by. But also in good conscience, I can't tell you to like bust ass because it's 2021 and life is hard all the time. <laughs> if you have the capacity, if you are feeling great this day and you're like, yes, I am going to achieve. I am going to jump over the biggest barrier and the tallest hurdle. Let's go. I'm totally like swinging myself into the universe with the momentum of this transit. Hurrah. Good for you. Excellent. Go for it. Freak out. I'm sure I probably will try to do something similar, but, and also if you feel like just like 
hanging out and enjoying a nice bag of chips on your incredibly comfortable couch in your pajamas that feel wonderful and your favorite TV show is on, have at it. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, so I will just say, uh, this is a um, this is a great day to take a look at your life as a whole and to take stock of what you are doing and to see how it fits your real needs. Um, and because you are in a positive frame of mind, you can make changes in pretty much any area of your life without feeling a great sense of loss. So if that's also work that's coming up for you with this whole thing, um, you know, it's not like this big melancholy fest. It, it sits right with you. Your mind is eager for some new experiences under this influence, and it might be a really great day to try out some new activities. So, all right, let's move on to October 15th before I say more. All right, that brings us to October 16th, where we will find at 11.05 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and later in the day for everybody else, a gibbous moon in Pisces at 8 degrees. Oh, how sweet. Okay. Um, <laughs> anytime the moon is in Pisces, it's pretty sweet. Some Pisces moons can be a bit weepy, <laughs> a little sad, but most Pisces moons are very, very dreamy. Um and creamy and lovely and especially on the heels of um that sun trine jupiter that we have just the day before this is kind of ridiculously lovely um so while we are working with this gibbous moon in pisces we want to ask ourselves a question if the universe could speak through you what would it sound like so this is a fantastic moon for expressing yourself. It's a great time to figure out how to open yourself to the voice of the universe. This is a great time for reading poetry, for writing poetry, for performing poetry. And, you know, considering um, where are you most inspired? Is it after, you know, making love? Is it after, um, an amazing meal? Is it after sleep? Is it after walking in nature? Like, where are you most inspired? Where do you get that vibe from? Where does that come from? Um, are you inspired by the works of other people or silence? Um, and so this is a really great moon for expressing yourself and considering also like what you would sacrifice for your own creative self-expression. I know that uh, a few artists listen to this podcast. And so this is a great moon for considering what have I sacrificed um, in the pursuit of my own creative self-expression? Um, and what about those times where I sacrificed my creative self-expression instead? What was going on then? And what shifted for me there? Um, where I wouldn't make that sacrifice of myself anymore, but I instead was sacrificing to myself, you know, to the to my own goals and to my aims. Um, so that's what we want to be doing with this Pisces moon. And again, um, for our our body work that we are doing with the Pisces moon, we are activating and, and adorning our feet and our ankles in particular. And for our plant body work, we're planting and transplanting. And if you're lucky enough, grafting. <laughs> um, for our astrology on this day, we have uh, Venus in Sagittarius, sextile Mercury retrograde in Libra at 10 degrees. Um, Mercury is going to be hanging out at this 10 degree mark for a few days. This is where it is going to station direct here in just another couple of days. Um, 
So if you have anything on or around uh, 10 degrees of Libra or Aries, <laughs> which is where Chiron is currently, <laughs> um, or Sagittarius or Gemini, this could be kind of a tense moment or this, this Mercury retrograde in particular maybe has been a lot for you. We'll talk more about that in just a second. On this day, however, um, this is a great day for getting together with friends. Um, Venus sextile Mercury is like, let's just hang out and have a good time. Let's talk about it. Let's gossip. Let's have a fun moment. Let's get cute. We don't want to do anything serious with this. And I think that's okay. <laughs> and again, that really sits nicely with that sun trying Jupiter. That's like, what if we just hang out and like, have it be nice. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> if it was a different year and we hadn't been through 750 years of pandemic and police brutality and everything else that is lining up right now for us. Um, you know, I'd be like, hey, guys, you know, you got to make the most of this. But uh, no, to make the most of it by screwing around and being a goofball. Um, it is a great time to tell people how much you love them. Fantastic time. Venus sextile Mercury is like, let's talk about love. Let me speak in a loving way. All of that. Um, favors this, this transit favors all forms of commercial transaction. Um, and so this is another one where, you know, doing business for yourself is really potent on this day, buying and selling for yourself, as well as dealings in your professional life of all type are, are emphasized and supported on this day. It's a great day for attending a concert or an art exhibit or some other kind of intellectually stimulating activity. But you might also take a little trip or take a little vacay, do like a day trip, a, a little drive out to somewhere um, that's just beautiful, pleasant surroundings and enjoy a day away from home could be a really cute day to like go visit your local pumpkin patch. And I highly recommend going to one of the farms that's just like a plain old farm. If you've got little kids and you know, you want to take them to one of the places that have like rides and a maze and all of that stuff. I understand that's cute. That's cool. I, I get it. But I really like the natural farms. They're spookier to me. <laughs> They're like weirder to me. <laughs> Although sometimes those like weird carnival rides out there in the middle of a cornfield has pretty fucking spooky too. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the lunar and the astralo of October 17th. October 17th brings us uh, to yet another day of this gibbous moon still hanging out in Pisces. Cute, beautiful, lovely. Okay, let's move on to... Uh, the sun in Libra square Pluto in Capricorn at 24 degrees. This is one of our astrological moments this week. That's not exactly the cutest thing. Unfortunato, you know, there's got to be at least one fly in the ointment, right? Okay. So what are we looking at when we're dealing with a sun square Pluto? Basically, it's a lot of weird power dynamics. It can get like goofy and get a little spooky. Um, you may encounter powerful forces on this day. You might even be in opposition to those powerful forces. And they are forces that feel like they are exerted maybe internally and maybe externally and maybe both. Um, so, you know, it, it can, as I said, pretty straightforward. It's a day that we really can like run up against authority or authority figures or power structures. And it can feel very 
um, overwhelming. It can feel very like this is much bigger than me and I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. Um, and in a best case scenario, this is a really fantastic transit for identifying old patterns of behavior um, and old influences that have held sway over you in the past and changing that stuff or eradicating it. Um, it might be just the day where uh, those things are sort of demonstrated to not be working anymore. <laughs> we, uh, we might not be making the actual, like, I'm changing, I'm evolving. We might not have that epiphany on that on this day. This might just be the day that's like, well, this is completely broken. Okay. <laughs> huh. Um, and all the way literally to machines and, and mechanical items literally breaking down. Um, so it really is just about, like, power breaking down or having a weird abrupt moment and sometimes that's a metaphysical thing sometimes that's a metaphorical thing sometimes that's literally the thing that's happening um so it might be a day that's difficult to contend with other people and it might be a day that's really difficult to contend with other folks if there's a significant power dynamic between you and that other person regardless of who is in charge and who is like who's the top and who's the bottom it could be a tough day um, now, if you are in a BDSM relationship, it could be a really super hot day. So there's that. <laughs> um, also on this day, just because that wasn't intense enough, let's just go ahead and ramp it up a little bit more. Jupiter stations direct in Aquarius at 22 degrees at 10.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day and the next day for everybody else around the planet. Um, what are we doing with the Jupiter stationing direct? Okay, well, we talked about this a little bit last week. Um, Jupiter and Saturn uh, both have spent the last, you know, four to six months in retrograde. So that's been kind of epic. Um, of course, Saturn stationed direct just a second ago. And now here comes Jupiter stationing direct. And they are both in the sign of Aquarius. And that's kind of a big deal. Jupiter and Saturn retrograde once a year. So that part isn't such a big deal, right? We see this every year. We see it once a year, but we see it yearly. So this isn't foreign to us. This isn't unusual to us. Um, but this, both of these planets stationing direct within a week of each other, that's kind of a big deal. And in the same sign, that's kind of a big deal. So I advise you to go and check out um, you know, where in your chart Aquarius is, what house or houses does it cover and see what kind of an effect um, this, these planets stationing direct have had for you. Generically speaking, when it comes to Jupiter stationing direct, even though this is the planet of fortune and benevolence and good luck and destiny and all of that stuff, the kind of stuff that we want to watch out for when Jupiter is stationing direct, direct or changing direction in either way is foolish gambles and foolish risks, um, being enticed towards things that are not a sure bet at all. Um, we may find ourselves asserting the truth, quote unquote, without actually knowing what we're talking about. 
could be a day for falling for a guru's manipulation or something that's kind of a too good to be true, fated thing, oh, destiny sent me, that kind of stuff. Um, unwise travel plans can occur on this day. And we might be mistakenly prejudiced against somebody. Remember last week we had a little bit of that like, oh, maybe I need to go back and look at I had a bad first impression with this person. Maybe I need to go back and give him a second chance. This could be one of those days where we get a bad first impression from somebody or we are weirdly prejudiced against somebody and what we're basing that on, we're actually wrong or misinformed or something like that. So it's just that kind of a day. It expands things. That's the thing with Jupiter. Yeah, it's luck. Yeah, it's a benevolence. But at the root of it all, it's just about making things bigger. So if we're prone towards a particular kind of behavior, it could be really exaggerated on a day like this. Um, and in particular, this is Aquarius. So it's about our connections to humanity. It's about our connections to our social networks and our widest groups of people. I'm really excited to see if Facebook goes down again. <laughs> okay, let's move on with the rest of the week. <laughs> okay, October 18th. We've got two pretty interesting things going on. Well, actually, we have three. We have 150. We <laughs> Why don't I just tell you about them? <laughs> okay, first off, our waxing moon is entering Aries. And um, with this, uh, we want to go ahead and kick it into high gear. Our um, full moon that we have here on October 20th, which we will talk about next week's episode, um, is in Aries. So this is kind of the pre-funk for the Aries full moon that we are about to have. And the big advice here, go on an adventure. Um, uh, Raven Caldera and Moonphase Astrology recommends do not go on a vacation. Do not go popping off to the beach. Do not go to do something cute. Um, if there is no risk, it's not an adventure. So go do something that scares you a little bit or maybe more than a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Raven encourages us to stretch ourselves. Uh, the risk that um, the risk can even be that we aren't sure that we are going to like it, but we go ahead and give it a shot. Um, and the real challenge in that place is, can you get yourself into a space um, where you have the most chance of liking it, right? Which really pushes us into being optimistic. That's really what's up. And remember how we talked about at the beginning of this week, a lot of those short-sighted, selfish decisions that we might make where we like are going into our own personal ethical gray area often come from pessimism and ultimately a lack of hope, right? Um, really thinking like there's, I, there's no use in doing it the right way. So I'm just going to cut corners and cheat my way into success, quote unquote. And so here towards the end of the week, we have this waxing moon in Aries that's like, no. And in fact, specifically, Go do something that challenges you, that scares you a little bit, because ultimately what this is doing is getting you into the practice of the practice <laughs> of generating your own hope. And that's a real thing as we move through this world, not just in 2021, but absolutely also in this year where there's a lot of things to be hopeless about. And a lot of folks are super, super tapped 
and can't necessarily support other people the way that they usually would, right? I know a, I, I still have cheerleaders in my life, but I know a lot of my cheerleaders have had to like take a step off to the side and be their own cheerleaders and like make sure that their own cups are filled every day and that's as much as they can do. And that's real. I can't hold that against them. Like that's just what life is right now. So by pushing yourself to go on an adventure like this, where you are challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone, but you also witness yourself succeed and do the thing. Like I'm facing a fear. I'm going for this slash. I'm not sure if I'm really going to like this, but you know what? I'm going to talk myself into a place where I'm the most likely to have a, good, a, a chance of liking it. Ultimately, we are learning how to foster our own hope. We are learning how to open ourselves up on purpose to being optimistic about a thing. And that is a really important exercise to engage in. So this moon is super, super supportive of that kind of behavior in whatever way is right and good for you to explore that concept. I heavily encourage it. For our lunar body work, while we have this beautiful waxing moon in Aries that is about to turn full and just be ultra gorgeous, we are awakening and activating, stimulating and adorning and nourishing for action. Our head, our scalp, our hair, our face, our eyes, and our sinuses. These are the parts of the body ruled by the sign of Aries. So anything, that hot oil treatment that you've been saving for a special occasion, boom, now that eyeshadow palette that you're like, am I really going to invest in that? Yeah, you are today. You are. Am I getting my ears gauged? Yes. All of that. Holy actions. Your witch told you so. Okay. For our plant body work with this moon in Aries, we are harvesting. We are doing some pest control. We are plowing and weeding if that is appropriate for us. And we are pruning if that is appropriate for us. Again, pruning really potent at this time of year because we are losing light by the hour. <laughs> um, and so this gives the plant to get a chance to get a little bushier and throw some leaves out and pick up more sunlight and um, or just pull back on its growth cycle a little bit because there's not as much sun to support it. Also happening on this day, I don't know why I'm saying also. Well, okay, because it's also happening on this day. See, I'm a little out of it right now. <laughs> Also happening on this day, we have Mercury stationing direct. Yes, literally a day after Jupiter stations direct. Why? Because I guess we could take it <laughs> at this point. The universe is like, eh, just throw anything at him. <laughs> and Mercury is stationing direct at exactly 8 16 a.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day for everybody else around the planet. Um, at 10 degrees of Libra. Like I said the other day, or earlier in the week, I should say, um, uh, Mercury's hanging out at this 10 degree mark for a minute. Okay. Um, what can we expect from Mercury stationing direct? Okay. We want to remember that Mercury stations retrograde uh, three to four times every single year. And it's only ever for three or so weeks at a time. So here we are, we're already over it. It's already on to the next thing. So the retrograde period itself, yeah, some things can be wonky and yeah, maybe there's some things we want to avoid, whatever. But again, for me, it's the days that the planet appears to be changing direction, whether changing forward, changing backwards or whatever, that we really want to watch for there to be like extra goofy BS in the air. So 
Mercury stationing direct in Libra, 10 degrees. Watch for funky tech stuff, funky technology stuff, funky communication stuff, funky emails, funky text messages. I thought it sent and it never sent. I sent that to one person. Nope, I sent it to every single person I know. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, weird promises that we might be making or that people are making to us. Um, being flaky or watching other people be flaky. Um, and having a really hard time making a decision. Um, those could all be behaviors that we exhibit or witness in other people when Mercury is changing direction, specifically stationing direct. And all of that within the sign of Libra. So within our social networks, within our friendship groups, um, and then within the, the social networks on, on the, the larger scale. Also on this day, we have Mars in Libra trine Jupiter in Aquarius at 22 degrees. So this is really nicely complementing our waxing moon in Aries that we have up in the sky at the same time. Um, so a lot of Mars, a lot of Aries energy emphasis for this day. This is a fantastic day for almost any kind of activity that requires vigorous energy. Our energy might be really high. You might be feeling good. You might believe that you can do twice as much as you usually can. And you might be right. But, you know, don't strain yourself. <laughs> Stretch out before you decide to move that entire pile of bricks from one side of the yard to the other. Um, you might be really lucky on this day. Or you might just be feeling really lucky. Um, and it really comes more from being able to act with a complete picture in mind of what you're doing. And so here's another one of those days where like you have a broader perspective and it's really favorable for you. It's really working out in terms of you understanding where you're trying to go and how these things might network together. Um, and you're able to just sort of pick the right day or the right time or say the right thing to the right person in the right moment, kind of a moment. Um, so this is really about, you know, um, bringing in a particular favorability around any work that will advance your own interests, specifically Mars, right? Very, very much about the self and Jupiter. Like, yes, let's expand this, bring in the luck. What we want to watch out for, for with this is self-aggrandizement and like being a blowhard and being like, I'm the fucking best. Burp, burp, burp. Say it to yourself. Don't necessarily say it to everybody else. Just because somebody later might decide that they get offended about it. <laughs> Um, we don't necessarily want to live like that at all times, but on this day in particular, it's just got like a little, a little extra kick to it. There's a little extra oomph to it. Um, this transit is also super favorable for most business activity. Um, and your actions are kind of blessed with an insight that can help you succeed in business where others might fail. Um, even chancy or risky situations can actually turn out good today. Um, even if it's just because your optimism, it's kind of a like, why not? Let's give it a shot sort of a vibe. Um, yeah, you can get some really positive results from activities that start out kind of like a gamble. And that my friends brings us to the end of the week because on October 19th, the moon is still in Aries and there is no astrology to speak of about October 19th. Um, so that is going to bring us to the end of our lunar information and astro information for this week. And now I'm going to tell you about just a little bit of holy day action. 
All right, friends, let us discuss the holy days of this lunar week. We're not going to talk about all of them. I know, I'm sorry. I'm just going to kind of scroll through my notes here and see, because I know that there is one in particular that I want to discuss. I just want to look really quickly and see if there's anything else I want to talk about really quickly. Um, October 12th, we have a Dies Natalis for Jupiter Fulgur, which is Lightning Jupiter. And then on... Uh, where is it? October 14th, we have from our Yoruba land ancestors and friends and loved ones, the Feast of Oya, who is an incredibly powerful Orisha of winds and lightning and violent storms and death and rebirth. Um, this Orisha is similar to the Haitian god Maman Brigitte, who is syncretized with the Catholic Brigitte. Um, she is also known as the mother of nine because of nine children that she gave birth to, all of them being stillborn, suffering from li a lifetime of barrenness. Um, really starting to link in with a lot of our crone imagery that we are going to have coming in more and more and more. But I thought that lightning connection was very interesting. Okay. What else is happening this week that I have to mention before I get to the main thing? Burp, 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 burp. Okay. Uh, October 13th, we have Discordia, which is the day for the goddess Eris. Now, Eris is a uh, a Greek goddess of strife and of chaos, but she is also a goddess of discordians um, and chaos magicians here in the modern era, and they work with her in a sort of related but sort of unrelated way to her Greek ancestry or her Greek uh, past, as it were. Um, Eris is the twin sister of Aries, and we already know that we have a little bit of Aries energy this week, so interesting that we've got <laughs> um, an Eris thing going on here, but uh, Eris is basically sort of the goddess that is responsible for starting the Trojan War uh, by rolling a golden apple into this dinner with all of the Olympian gods and goddesses that she wasn't invited to because of course she represented chaos and they were like yeah we don't want to have her around <laughs> um and so uh the moral of the story here which i like to say every year is um make room for chaos or chaos will make its room um <laughs> and as we move into the underworld journey and as we move into the darker half of the year and the darker parts of ourselves we really want to make room for chaos we really want to make room for the unknown the unplannable the unpredictable and we want to be as flexible and as loving with ourselves as we possibly can in those places of our lives where we don't have any control of the situation and where things are frightening and confusing and we don't understand what's going on. A little bit of that to practice with pretty much all the time <laughs> in this day and age, right? So here is a day to light a candle to the forces of chaos <laughs> and maybe put out a piece of candy for them and a golden apple and invite them to the dinner. <laughs> Remember what happened to Sleeping Beauty? Invite the bitch to the dinner, okay? Just invite her. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else, what else, what else have I got for this week? There's a lot of cool holidays and it kind of bums me out that we're not going to talk about some of these, but um, we can't do it. We can't do it. Check the calendar. If there's something in the calendar in particular that you're like, I really wanted to hear the story of this. Maybe I'll do it for, um, for uh, patrons. 
Um, I will say this before we get into the main thing on October 15th. No, no, no. I'll bring it up in a second. Never mind. Lies. All lies. What I will say is this on October 16th, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star Spica. This uh, fixed star is found in the constellation of the Maiden, aka Virgo. It is the brightest star in the constellation. It is the 15th brightest star in the sky. And the word Spica comes from the Latin Spica Virginis, which means the Virgo's ear of grain. So this is literally an ear of grain that the constellation or the archetype uh, Venus or Virgo is holding in their hand. And on October 17th, we have the heliacal rising of Arcturus. Um, and these two stars are thought of as being two of the most fortunate stars in the sky. They're very close in longitude. Um, while Spica, however, is very sweet and innocent, Arcturus has more of a darker vibe to it. Um, it is connected to um, the Great Bear. It is connected to the Big Dipper, but the main star constellation of Butis, the driver of Oxen, aka who we talked about last week, that is also the protector or the guard. And so some people see that constellation as like a protector or a guard in front of Virgo, sort of clearing the way. And that certainly has its place um, we see that archetype in myth, um, especially given that Virgo is is sort of the mother that is, you know, producing this massive wave of abundance that happens at this time of year, um, that there's this garden from them. But I think it's also really important for us to focus on the fact that Durga Puja is also happening at this time of year. It's not going to be on exactly the same day every year um, because it's a lunar solar cycle. But... Um, it always happens at this time of year while this constellation is overhead. And Durga is this great immutable, unpenetratable goddess. Remember, that's literally a word used to describe Durga, unpenetratable. That also would connect to our concepts of virginity, aka the virgin, the maiden. But she is also this warrior goddess, right? She's a producer, but she's also this warrior goddess that's out there protecting. And so I also look at Virgo as this very like impenetrable warrior goddess. Yeah, I'm producing in one hand, but I'm also slaying motherfuckers with the other hand. <laughs> Am I right? I have no idea. I'm just saying that I think it's interesting the way that the imagery blurs together and it becomes these archetypes that we're already working with. They're already out there. Okay. Um, <laughs> is there anything else before the main thing that I want to talk about? Nope. Okay. That's it. All right. I'm going to pause here and then get into the main holiday of this week right now. Okay. The holy day of the week that is our secret special spotlight holy. Okay. I'll start. Sorry. <laughs> is... Thesmophoria, the bitching festival. Yay! Surprise, this is one of my favorite holidays of all time. When I very first read about this, I was like, this is an invention of modern pagans, but I love it and I don't care. And then I realized I was wrong. No, there's a whole bunch of documented history around this. It's real and it's incredible. Okay, so it starts off first, I should say, on uh, this year, it starts on October 15th, 
the preamble, the pre-funk to Thesmophoria is a holiday called Stenia. So I should, well, let me wind back. I'm all excited. Okay. Thesmophoria and this collection of holidays, these are Greek holidays. This is Greeks that's, that were doing this. The Greeks. Okay. Uh, it starts off with Stenia and Stenia was a festival dedicated to Demeter and Persephone held three days before the Thesmophoria. We don't have a lot documented on Stenia, unfortunately, but what we do know about it is that it was celebrated exclusively by women. Also true for Thesmophoria. This is a femme exclusive uh, vibe, a woman exclusive vibe. Um, for me, that would be any person that thinks of themselves as a woman. So there's that. Um, and in Stenia, specifically what is going on is ritualized jest, mock obscenity, and insults. Um, uh, and all of these things were thought to have figured very prominently. They are also very important in uh, the holiday of Thesmophoria. It would have coincided with the beginning of the ritual purification of the women who would be celebrating Thesmophoria. Perhaps this was also the time that other women called the Bailers would fetch up the offerings for Thesmophoria from the pits into which they were thrown at the Scyrophoria. Okay, so side note, this whole holiday or festival cycle, these few days between St Stenia and Thesmophoria, um, also connects to what the Romans were calling the Series Mundi, what the Greeks were calling Scyrophoria, and a few other holidays where we have this pit that is opened up and sacrifices are thrown in for these Chthonic earth goddesses. This is absolutely connected. And uh, oh, I love this holiday so much. Okay, so it starts with Stenia. So we have this festival that happens a few days beforehand, and it's something about obscenities and jests and pranking and insults and something, right? We don't know much more than that. Okay, so then that brings us to Thesmophoria. And this year, Thesmophoria runs from October 18th to October 20th. Um, it is a lunar uh, holiday that changes every year. And I have a big giant article on this festival cycle on my website called Thesmophoria, the Bitching Festival for Demeter, Thesmophoros, and Baubo. And you can just look up Thesmophoria Megan, M-E-A-G-A-N, and it'll come up. Um, and so this holiday always falls somewhere between Maybon and Samhain. And it is a beautiful multi-day ho holiday um, for femmes. And basically what this is, in my opinion, is a healing and rejuvenation or that's not really the right word. It's like a, it's like a wholeness type of holiday to me, in my opinion, looking back, right? Uh, through my many thousand years of lens of uh, opinion and bias. <laughs> um, basically what happens is this. Uh, the women and the femmes of the town of the village basically look at their male counterparts and go, nah. And they go out and in fact, they, they go get bunches of this herb that represents chasteness and make humanoid figures out of the bunches of these herbs and leave them in their beds where they would normally sleep. And then they go out to the wilderness and go hang out with each other for three days. <laughs> so literally like the whole thing starts with a, like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, 
And then they go out to the woods for three days and they basically build their own little festival city kind of moment. And they have tents, they sleep and eat out there. They make all their food out there. They hang out out there. All the ceremonies are held out there. It is femmes only, women's only, no men's, no males, no he's, no, no, none of them. Um, and, uh, and what I think is really interesting, well, I think there's so much interesting about this, but part of it, part of what I think is really interesting is the version of Demeter that's being worshipped at this festival. So we've talked about how a lot of these Greek and Roman gods and goddesses have their own epithets, and it's oftentimes based on either where they're being worshipped, that like an extra word gets added to their name or the particular job that they're doing an extra word gets added to their name. And so here we have uh, Demeter Thesmophoros and it's a word that you don't find attached to her name very often. It's pretty rare. And so what in fact does it mean? Um, well, basically Thesmos means laws but it also means that which is set down or laid down as from the very late past or the source. In other words, this is like universal law or the laws of nature. So Demeter Thesmophoros literally represents, I am the immutable laws of nature. I am the cycle that cannot be changed. I'm doing what I'm going to do. This is natural and correct. And this is held right after the massive push of the big harvest of fall, right? Um, so there's a lot of this I can't say out loud, because if you're a male, you're not supposed to know the details. So if you listen past this, you take your life into your hands, sorry. Um, but uh, TLDR, I really think that what this festival ultimately represented was an opportunity for women and femmes to go back to the land and get back into being whole. That sense of like, I've just given birth to this massive baby, maybe literally, and I need to go restore myself. I need to come back to a sense of completeness and wholeness in and of myself. And what I think is really cool is that a big part of the ritual um, on this was laying around, eating food, drinking wine, sleeping, napping, burping, farting, scratching yourself, just being a person, just laying around and enjoying yourself in your most natural state. Also, one of the things that was really important in this festival was that women get together and fight or argue and like get it out, hash it out. Uh, if women wanted to wrestle because they were trying to settle a score or they wanted to, you know, argue it out, as long as at the end of it, everybody was on the same page, that people were able to forgive each other, people came to a mutual point of understanding. And so it also was this opportunity for people to settle, uh, you know, emotional debts with each other, right? And like settle out any kind of psychological funkiness that might have been going on with them it was like, ah, well, you did this. Well, you did that. Okay. All right. We both said it. You know, we got this out. Um, and I think I'm biased. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but I think that this also perhaps was a sexual healing or a sensual healing or a body type of healing as well. I don't think it was exclusively that and maybe none of that. So that's why I want to say 
that I think, you know, there, there's my bias. I want, I'm, I'm adding that. But I think that there might have been something there about these women getting back together and healing each other in a variety of ways, including sexual healing or sensual healing, but also psychological healing and also emotional healing. And also healing through laughter and healing through games and healing through tricks and through pranking. Um, I, I just think that it's, it's super, super potent, super incredible, really, really cool holiday um, and a really cool energy um, because in the West women are taught to be in competition with each other full stop and that's women and femmes and trans women and all of all of the women all the women's all of the various types of women's that we possibly can get on the planet we are ultimately supposed to be in competition with each other for the male gaze and a festival like this reminds us that for a long time women have been working hard to get the fuck away from the male gaze and come back to themselves and come back to what matters to themselves again maybe i have a little bias maybe i have a few things going on in my personal life right now whatever um <laughs> just saying um side note um read up on the goddess baubo b-a-u-b-o just going to throw that out there. Okay. And the last thing that I'm going to throw out is with that Aquarius moon, with this holiday and everything else, the, a lot of the other things we have happening, there is a real opportunity here for understanding the healing and transformative power for all of us in pranking and in jokes and in disturbing the status quo. General strike. <coughs> Woo. Sorry. Oh, bless me. Sorry. Um, disturbing the status quo. Very, very healing. Very potent. And we can always say, I was just kidding. <laughs> it's just jokes. Calm down. Wow, you're really worked up about that. <laughs> All right, my heathens. That is your week of astrology and lunar work and magical um, masturbation and orgy uh, food fest recommendations from your witch on high and on low, especially this week. Um, I love you all. Blessed be, take care of yourselves. Move slow, drink some water, and put some goddamn moisturizer on your skin. Would you please take care of yourself? Hmm? All right. Mwah. Blessed be.